You listen to 247 Real Talk. This is your host, Julian Perry, with my first solo episode for 2022. I have a few things on my mind, and you'll see where I'm going with this. I'm going to call this episode The Dream. Join me. I'll be right back. So good evening, one and all. Welcome to the first solo episode of 2022. Uh, I always say I'm going to try to keep things short, and I will make an effort again um, on this episode. I'm calling this episode The Dream. I'm not starting off where I'll end, but you'll understand by the time I get to the end of it why I called it The Dream. I want to start off... um, by paying respect and offering condolences to the families of officers William Wilbert Mora and Jason Rivera, the two officers that were gunned down earlier this week. Um, just for reference, today is Wednesday, January 26th, so I guess it happened uh, end of last week or over the weekend. I can't remember the exact date, but recently, within the last few days. Um, it's a tragedy regardless of how you feel about or what side of the fence you are on with law enforcement. I think these are two young men who have left to mourn parents and spouses and children and siblings and it was a senseless act. Um, You know, I, I I tend to think that we're going further apart than we are coming together. And regardless of how you feel, like I said, they're, you know, they're good and there's good and evil in this world. And um, what happened here was a tragedy. And I offer, you know, this podcast, and 247 Real Talk, offers condolences to the family. So let me tell you what this episode is about. When, I, when, I, when the year started, I was wondering what the first thoughts would be, what my first thoughts would be as I entered the new year. And I think what hit me the most was when we celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday, uh, was it last week? I thought about it, and, and usually every year I think about it, but for some year, for some reason this year, I guess especially because I've been doing this podcast and meeting so many people and sharing so many personal thoughts that it meant something additional to me. I thought about his speech, I have a dream that one day. And I said, if he could see the world today, what would he think of his dream? How would he feel about what has happened and the progress that has been made? And that's where my title becomes relevant, The Dream. Because as part of 
real talk. I try to be very real, as you know. And if you asked me if Martin Luther King could walk down my street today and look at the world, and I was able to have a conversation with him, what would his demeanor be? I think he'd be sad. I think he'd probably be in tears. I think he'd probably be in disbelief. And here's why I say this. One would want to argue that the world has come a long way since the days of his speech. But the last four or five years have been so revealing in so many different ways. And I'm not going to necessarily give my thoughts in order as a timeline because I simply can't do that. But, you know, reflect with me for a moment here. Over the last four or five years, we've seen racism raise its head in a way that we hadn't seen prior to for many years. And I'm not saying it didn't exist. I said raise its head. Meaning that all the, as soon as the opportunity presented itself for racism to have a place in, 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 in a first place in society where there was enough support to make it acceptable, it, it blew up. And, and the fact of the matter is that means that nothing has changed. When Martin Luther King had a dream, he had a dream that people would actually change, that the acceptance would be real, not in a closet, not you know, smile in my face when you hate me behind my back, but real, like Generation Z that exists today where you see Black Lives Matter marches and when you look at the crowd, you see, you see white people and black people and Spanish people and, and every race, creed and color joined together for a cause. People like to use you know, these things as BLM and all these, these acronyms and, and use them as, as, as weapons of, 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 for discussion. But as far as I'm concerned, Generation Z has shown that while they were marching because of that organization, they were marching united to say, we are fed up of the discrimination, we are fed up of the segregation, we are fed up of the racism. And so, the last five years... I've seen so much racism, probably more than I've seen in the previous 20 years, visibly, I'm saying. And it, does, it just made me sad, and it makes me sad because you realize that, that all people have become, or all people have learned to do is condition themselves to a point where they can keep their racism in check so that the world looks at them and, and thinks for a moment there's change. It is a myth. It is not reality. The reality is that we have, we have not progressed in a manner that would be pleasing to me, in, in my mind, to Martin Luther King. We had people who fought for the right for women to vote, for blacks to vote, and here we are in 2021 and 2022, and we have states enacting laws to suppress voters, minority voters. It seems like we're going full circle back to where we came from, and we're just doing it in a more sophisticated way. And it seems like the, the things that we should focus on in society to make lives better for each other are not important. The things that the government is doing are not important. The things that should be priority one are not important. If the government needs to move as a collective body that's for the people, by the people, for the people, something like 
you know, making sure there's a federal law that governs voter rights so that everyone has the right to vote should be primary, should go above infrastructure bills and all the other things that seem to be the big tug of war and the talk of the day. We have forgotten. Actually, let me rephrase that. We haven't forgotten. They don't care about us as human beings. The art of distraction is real because they go into Congress and they fight about these things that you know sound sophisticated and, 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 and filled with promises, but none of these promises are going to change your life or my life in our daily lives. It is amazing how we keep, and I said this before in 2021, I'll say it again, we keep electing people who have their personal agendas who are so partisan that they can't go into office for you and me. When they get elected, they have to go into office for you or me unless we are the same side. We have a situation where people were going and follow ideologies that they probably don't even believe in themselves, but they will say it openly if he gets enough of their base to vote for them. They will go into the, the, the most powerful body in this country's government, and then they will they will completely ignore the lives of the people, the struggles of the people. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Who cares about a, a highway that's resurfaced if I can't afford to buy a car to drive on it? You want to make lives better, and I'll say it again. I'll start 2022 off with the same thing. Keep your promises to the people. Act like human beings. On May 1st, once again, we'll hit that stage where the moratorium on student loans will end. There are, I think the number was 11 or 43, I'm not sure the number of million people who are affected by this student loan. I'll, I'm going to call it a pandemic. It's not a pandemic in essence, also, but I'm calling it that just to, just to sort of add the, 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 the power of destruction to it. What it can do to lives, and, and I don't, I can't, you know, I can't understand why we can't get politicians who listen. We need to understand what the criteria needs to be when we elect people. It is a very flawed system when you have to choose between a Republican and a Democrat and both of the candidates are crap. Excuse me, but that's the truth. And so you pick a candidate and then you have to live with them for the next four years while you're alive, you continue to struggle for your lives or your lives are destroyed because they don't get it. They don't care. And once they get into office, they become part of the, the soccer team. They play the game. The chess team. They're king and queen. We are the pawns. Every single person, all, almost every single person in the United States who goes to college and, and graduates with, with, you know, with a degree or whatever level works in the United States. That means that this country benefits from almost every single graduate. The richness of the education is, comes back to the country and becomes an, an inherent uh, body of wealth, knowledge. 
yet you penalize people because they had the temerity to want to learn. You don't penalize the universities that are popping up all over the place that are accepting students and giving them degrees that they can't get a job at McDonald's with. And that's nothing against McDonald's. Don't get me wrong, because McDonald's has managers and all these things. The point I'm making is they can't even get minimum wage jobs. They struggle to get a minimum wage job in their field because the degree is worth nothing. And yet what these, these, these colleges and universities just get richer and richer because they take the money from the federal government and the federal government doesn't care enough about this problem to say, stop, enough, Wipe it out and let's start a new game. A new game where the colleges and universities are responsible. They hold the note until that person is placed after employment. So they are responsible for the quality of the degree and the paper that is written on must mean something. How many, how many universities have we seen over the years that have even gone a step further and they've been... They've been uh, defunded or, cl- or closed because they're scams and they've taken money and people have to go to court and, 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 and fight in the legal system to, to get you know, the, the tuition that they paid wiped out and then the piece of paper they have that they spent four years of their lives sweating for is worth nothing. It's worth less than nothing because with, with the university being closed and, 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 and it being found illegitimate, it's like they didn't even go to college. You know, I, I, I'm sad about this world. I'm sad about this world because I know that when I share my stories and when I have conversations with my audience and I get to speak with so many different people, we share the same feelings. We share the same sentiments. We, we share the same ideas. But I, I feel like I am falling short with my effort to motivate enough people to get going, to be part of a solution, to make a difference, to start gathering like minds and building power in numbers to the point where the politicians have no choice but to listen because they need to understand the consequences and in order for us to get politicians to listen to do what's right for the majority that means that republicans and democrats independents libertarians whatever need to come together as people as human beings as the population we need to stop identifying with one ideology or another because there's no such absolute thing There are things that I am conservative about. There are things I'm liberal about. And a lot of what I think is independent. I don't belong to a party in its, in its true sense because that party doesn't exist. I don't agree with you know, a lot of the ideology of the Democratic Party. I don't agree with a lot of the ideology of the Republican Party. I don't, you know, and, and this is the problem. We are, we are made to choose. You go to the voting booth and they say, you know, if you're Democrat or Republican, you, you check down the line. Half of the candidates that you see for like the, the local judges and all these things, you never even heard their names before, but you just check the boxes because they're with your party. Every single day we lose, every single year that goes by, we lose an opportunity to change our lives for the better while we still have time to change it. 
Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. And now I am saying, Julian Perry, 247 Real Talk, I too have a dream. The dream is we'll stop being brainwashed by those who use us as puppets. The dream is that we'll stop thinking that our lives are so busy that we can't take the time to unite to make our lives better. The dream is that we'll stop being so selfish about our own that we fail to see another's. The dream is that we'll stop thinking that somebody else will make a difference so we won't have to do it. The dream is that when we feel that there's a need for change, we will become part of the change and not spectators. How many more years, how much longer are we going to go on having our lives lived for us? Look at today's world. Look at this middle of, 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 the, of the pandemic that we're in. We can't even come to one general consensus that while not perfect is a universal agreement about protecting ourselves and saving lives. We've got more taxpayer money and more judges and everybody busy fighting over mask mandates. And people arguing about the science and whether you know, they should have to wear a mask and should not have to wear a mask. Look, I don't care what your opinion is on it and you don't have to care what my opinion is on it. My, but my bottom line is, I want to live. For as long as the Almighty will give me breath, I want a quality life. I had COVID. Many people who speak, speak from a perspective of not having it. I don't wish it on anyone, but if they experience what I experienced, and I didn't, I didn't have the extreme, but I had it bad enough that they would change their minds. Wearing a mask is not easy, especially wearing it continuously for hours a day. So we need to come to a compromise that works to keep everyone safe. I am currently back to work in my office. And I have to tell you, it has given me great material for reflection. When I look at my life when I was working remotely, and I look at it now, if anyone else could take the time, the people that are making the rules, the people that, 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 are, that are running states and, 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 and cities, could take the time to understand that quality of life is why we're here on earth. They will understand what a major difference there is. Again, there are problems to be solved if you have more people working remotely. But the solution, at least in my opinion, is not just to send everybody back to the way it was. First of all, I think that is the most irresponsible, most ignorant thing that we have done. And that is shove everybody back to the way they were and trying to say we need to get back to normal. There is no such thing as normal. There, is, there now has to be a new normal. We talk about businesses being affected because the populations are not in the cities anymore. 
But did we ever stop to think, and, and don't get me wrong, that's a real problem. And that's why we, we, we elect government and, go, and, 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 and legislators and people who can, can, can brainstorm and come up with ways and help businesses to reinvent themselves. Because let's think about it for a second. Let's take a place like New York City. Subway ride, let's say, I don't know how many millions of people go into the city every day when it's when, before the COVID, before COVID. So maybe you have, and I'm just going to pull a number out of my head, but let's say there are uh, 200,000 businesses that are affected by the people not going into the city. And let's say there are three to five million people who go into the city. So the question is, when you talk about quality of life, are you going to put all the three to five million people back into danger to support the 200,000 businesses? Or are you going to allow the 200,000 businesses to reinvent themselves to serve, still serve the three to five million people but do what you can to improve the lives of the majority and make, their, make them safer. I don't believe for a moment that the pandemic is over. I'm hoping I am wrong, but I don't believe it. Just today, I heard about a new variant that's from the Omicron, and then I heard about another variant called ICH, and I don't know where this ends and how it ends and how many more lives have to be lost, but the fact of the matter is this. After two years almost of, of working remotely, of waking up at 7.30 in the morning, of taking a shower, of sitting in front of my computer at 8 o'clock, and at 4 o'clock I didn't stop because I was home. I didn't have to commute, so I'd work till 5, till 6. Whatever it took, productivity went up. That's a fact. And now, instead of doing that, I wake up at 5 in the morning. And I take, you know, I ride for an hour and then I walk to work. So I've almost got a two-hour commute plus getting ready. So for five in the morning, I get to work at minutes to eight. That's three hours. Then I leave work and even I get home between 6.20 and 6.40. I get to see my kids a bit. I get to have dinner, take a shower, relax for a few minutes, and it's time for bed again. The quality of life is gone, but nobody cares. I have a dream that we will have governments who look at the quality of lives of people first. Who listen to the people and who find a way to create a balance. If not remote, maybe hybrid. Give the people back some of what they had. And take some for yourselves. So maybe three days a week you go into work and two days a week you get to be remote. So you get at least a piece of both worlds. You get to hold on to some semblance of what it was before that gave you richness in your life. And that's time. And make no mistake, I'm talking not just about the time with family or whatever, but I'm talking about the foundation of it and that's time. You have to understand what I'm saying to you. When I get up at five in the morning, I get to work at eight, that's three hours. When I leave work a little after four and I get home at 6.30, whatever, that's two and a half hours. That's five and a half hours of a day of my life that is gone forever. Remember, you don't get it back. 
No one gets the opportunity to come back to you and say, hey, Julian, remember that 30 hours you wasted traveling last week? Here it is. I'm giving you 30 hours back in this week. It's 30 hours of your life that is gone forever. You've aged in that time. You've grown older in that time. You've gone closer to the end of your life in that time and all you've done is wasted it. Because we don't have politicians who are smart enough. And I'm talking about from the United States of America, I'm talking about from the top down, from president, from the president of the White House down. And I won't say they're not smart enough either. I'll take that back. They're actually smart. They just don't care about what we care about. So we keep doing this, this, this whole thing of getting up and going to work and spending all these hours at work. And we think that we're, we think that we're gaining something. You know, you know, you know there's a, have you ever seen a really happy homeless person? I have. I've seen a happy homeless person that I will pass every day and you know, look at them and reflect and not understand why the heck are they so happy? You know, even thinking, well, maybe they're just you know, mentally unstable, so they just laugh all the time or they're all smiling, but they're always polite. They actually say good morning. They're, you know, and they're not doing anything crazy. You begin to realize that it makes you reflect on what happiness really is. Sure, you want a career. Sure, you want to make a lot of money. Sure, you want to have a nice house and a nice car or whatever. At least that's what we've been conditioned to want. But I believe that if you live in this world long enough, we'll begin to realize that those things are meaningless. Don't get me wrong, money is necessary to live because it's the, it's the barter system that, we, that, that allows us to live, that allows us to buy goods and pay for you know, clothes on our backs and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, if we look at how we live life, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy because from early in our lives, we're taught to go to school, to excel, to put all your hours into studying, to, you know, stop playing around, you know, get, get to your books, get learning. You'll have time to play later. You know, oh, no, no, no. You, you, know, you always want to be in the park. You want this. No, get to your book. You need to pass. You need to be the top of your class. You need to go to college. Oh, you need to get your degree. Oh, maybe you should get your master's. Or, you know, you need to go work for this company. You need to put the hours at this company. You need to try and rise to the top. And then one day, If you're lucky enough, you get to retirement. I haven't reached that stage yet, but I'm not that far away from retirement. And I wonder, when I look back, what, 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 what would my path look like? What would it, well, how would I feel now that I know what I know? That if you retire at, 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 uh, currently, if I retire on time, which is 62, and then have all my time to myself to do what I want, it almost feels like I'll start living at 62. Because the entire journey 
has not been about living. It's been about meeting these criteria and these conditions that have been preset in society that says this is what you need to do. This is what you have to do. And they've been set by, by, by a body uh, 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 by an ideology that doesn't care about me or you. I have a friend of mine, I won't call his name because I know he listens to every single episode. He retired. And I look at his, his, his Facebook and it's like every time he puts a picture up on Facebook, He's somewhere else around the United States or somewhere else around the world. He's always traveling. And when I first saw it, I'm like, man, this guy retired. He's going crazy. And then I, then, then I started to get it. It's sort of a bucket list thing, but it's more than that. At least from my perspective, it seems like he, you know, and I love the fact that he's doing it, but it's like he's chasing the ghost of, of, the, of the past. He's trying, in other words, I, I want to think that he recognizes how much of our life has been wasted doing the things the way that people said we have to do it or being forced into a, into a mold and not being able to recognize that we need to unite as people and stand against anyone that we elect in any position of government and say, you're going to treat us right. We understand their laws. We understand there's a need for laws. But, you know, first and foremost, we have to remind them that when people go into office, they swear on the Bible. The reason they do that is because laws, the origin of laws is biblical. And so we need to, we, you know, when we look at our lives, we need to see more than we went to school and we worked and we had a couple of vacations in between and now we're old and, you know, maybe we, if we're not lucky enough, we're struggling with some health issues and every, all the time we had in our life where we could have lived it, truly lived. We didn't spend it living it our way. We spent it living it the way that we were forced to live it or that we were conditioned to live it. Because every time we wanted to do something that we saw something that made sense, we had some politician or someone who told us we couldn't. A body of people, two bodies of people fighting, Democrat and Republican fighting against each other and whatever the outcome was, some of us would benefit and the rest of us would hurt. And in 2022, to me, it's sad to see where we are. That human beings still don't care enough about human beings to put human beings and human life first. And I even have to have this conversation about student loans, knowing that when they start back, how much they will devastate people. And the politicians don't care because they either because of their egos or the ones who say, well, I paid for my student loans, so he should have to. There is a compromise in everything. I've talked about how to do it already. And if my idea is not good enough, then that's why we elected you to find a better one. People still fight, I mean, it's less these days, but they still fight about Obamacare or universal health care. Is it perfect? No, it's far from it. But the, 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 the intent that Obama had was to benefit lives and that giving people health insurance, which, was, which is, 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 is life-saving, is a necessity. 
and look at the fight that went on and continues to go on in Congress over it to the point where they even wanted to get rid of it with nothing in its place. Again, this is not about Democrats, it's not about Obama, it's not about Trump, it's not, I don't care. What I care about is when we, when we have a body of people that large who have the responsibility of our lives in this country, that that's what's important. There's a statistic I heard about two weeks ago where during the pandemic, the wealth of the, of the richest people went from $8.7 billion to $1.5 trillion, while the poor, while the poor got poorer. And the fact that that's a statistic that's readily available out there, have we heard anybody talk about addressing that? No. Because they're going to make excuses as to why poor people are poor. They're going to give great, great accolades to why rich people are rich. They're not going to see the fault in the middle. They're not going to see the systemic racism that suppressed people. They're not going to see the, 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 the laws that, that make it more difficult for people who are, who are more challenged to rise up. They're not going to see that cost of living is out the roof so that you, you, you have people living, four, five, six, seven people in a one-bedroom apartment. No matter what they do, they can't break out because even they, if they could afford to go to a bigger apartment, it's in a worse neighborhood where there, there's violence and death all around them. So they stay in a better neighborhood and they can't afford anything there to live. I live in Long Island, New York. There is a neighboring I don't know what you call it, but the neighbor, let's say the neighborhood next to me, when I say next to me, literally three minutes drive, has some of the best schools that they are. In the ranking of, of 10, well, one to 10, like they have like nines out of 10. When you go to middle school, high school where I am, they're like four or five out of 10. I paid the exact same taxes as the neighborhood with the nine to 10 schools. The difference is number one, if I go to that neighborhood, a house smaller than mine is 50% more in cost than mine or even more so. So you can't afford to buy into the neighborhood. But I pay the same taxes, but the tax money goes to making sure that they have the best teachers in the best schools. I even grieved my taxes and I was denied. But I'm not allowed to send my kids to that school district. Same taxes and they're a lot. And yet I, 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 I am not allowed for my children to afford my children the same education. And the powers that be will not take the same monies that are put into that school district to make it great with the proper teachers and the proper schools and everything else that surrounds it and put it in my neighborhood, even though I pay the same taxes. This division of wealth and this division of class is evident everywhere we go. It's in our faces. And people who are rich and who are privileged, even they should be angry at this. Because I guarantee you that each and every day they go about their lives, they will encounter people who are kind to them beyond their expectation. And those people are not from their class. 
or this segregated class. And those, those, those relationships and those encounters alone should, should want them to say, this has to change. Why is it that I can't get good teachers in my neighborhood? You can get good teachers in yours three minutes away. We can both sit, pay the same ridiculously high taxes, but the money is invested in your, your neighborhood and not mine. And I can't afford my own house if I moved it to your neighborhood. What do you call that? I have a dream. I have a dream that one day all of us will wake up. That all of us will begin to realize that we got here the same way. We were born from a mother's womb. And that alone means that we originated from the same way on the same level playing field. And we should go through life trying to maintain that playing field. I have a dream that one day we'll realize that no matter what we go through life doing, it will end. That none of us gets out of here alive and therefore what we do while we're here is so important. I have a dream that one day kindness, honesty, integrity, caring will be more important than wealth and money and segregation and the color of your skin. Martin Luther King had a similar dream. And here we are, years later, lying to ourselves that we have accomplished so much. When in fact, if we really take a look in the mirror, we have changed some things. But the truth is, we are so, so, so far from his dream. I want to thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your home, of your daily routine as you so many people tell me they drive and they listen to the podcast. It's always a privilege to speak with you and to share my thoughts. I'm hoping that 2022 is a year of change. I'll do my best to bring you stories and to bring you guests that will motivate you, that will help this process of change. I thank you so much for your support, for your kind words. Remember that you can listen to this episode and any and every episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast on your favorite podcast app. Please continue to send me emails and messages. They mean so much to me. You can reach me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Now that we're in 2022, do us all a favor. Take better care of yourself and each other.